You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer thinks PA's debate didn't hurt the Democrats. Russian President Vladimir Putin warns of the most dangerous decade since World War II. And John Fetterman and Dr. Mehmet Oz debated Tuesday in Pennsylvania. Here's your national news recap for the week of October 23rd. It looks like the debate didn't hurt us too much in Pennsylvania, so that's good. That's what Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told President Biden after he arrived in New York. Schumer is making a reference to this week's high-stakes encounter between Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz. Fetterman's health has been front and center after he had a stroke early this year. The race could determine which party ends up controlling the Senate. Colorado Senate debate between Democrat Senator Michael Bennett and Republican Joe O'Dea lacked major fireworks, with both candidates trying to cast themselves as proponents of moderation. We need to come together, put labels, partisanship, political titles aside, and solve problems, O'Dea, a businessman, said in his opening statement. Meanwhile, O'Dea labeled Bennett as a rubber stamp for President Joe Biden. Bennett pushed back on the characterization, talking up his bipartisanship later on. I have not contributed to the toxic atmosphere that's there in the time I have been in the Senate, he said, mentioning a rafting trip he took with Senator Mitt Romney. Both candidates expressed support for permitting reform pushed by Senator Joe Manchin earlier this year. But they nicked each other repeatedly on energy, with Bennett saying dryly at one point, O.D. was so passionate about fossil fuels. President Biden is cheering the latest GDP report, which showed the nation's economy grew in the third quarter. Great economic report, the GDP report. Looking good, Biden said. GDP increased by 2.6% in the third quarter after the economy had shrunk in the previous two quarters. In a previous statement, the president said the report is proof that our economic recovery is continuing to power forward. However, Biden admitted more work needs to be done on lowering prices. Inflation is at a level not seen in decades, and Americans are bracing for yet another interest rate hike by the Federal Reserve next week. Former President Trump is pushing back on the New York Attorney General's move to select an independent watchdog group to review his organization's financial statements. CNBC reported Lietta James requested an independent group to monitor documents the Trump organization submits to a third-party firms like lenders, insurers, and accountants as part of their massive lawsuit into Trump business practices. In a filing, Trump organization lawyers are calling James's request a politically motivated attempt to nationalize a highly successful private enterprise with lawyers claiming the request is precluded under the Constitution and should be rejected. 
James's suit accuses the Trump organization of fraud by misstating the values of assets and dramatically overstating his net worth. It seeks some $250 million in penalties. The man behind the wheel in the Wisconsin Parade Massacre has been found guilty. It took the jury only a handful of hours to convict Daryl Brooks Jr. of intentional homicide after he plowed into a crowd of people at the Wakusha Parade in November 2021. He killed six people and injured over 60 others. Top officials in Texas are announcing money for a new elementary school in Uvalde. Governor Greg Abbott was among those to reveal $15 million will go towards building a new school. The money comes after a shooting at Robb Elementary School back in May left 19 students and two teachers dead. It was announced back in June that the school would be demolished. One Republican senator says Democrats are terrified of Herschel Walker winning his Senate race in Georgia. Speaking at a rally for Walker, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina said Democrats are afraid of the prospect because that means Republicans are not racist. Walker is trying to take down Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock. The race could decide who controls the Senate for the next two years. Politicians up and down the state are paying their respects to history-making L.A. City Councilwoman Rosalind Roz Wyman, who died at the age of 92. She was known as the architect of the Dodgers' move from Brooklyn to Los Angeles. It was really very important to the city. So many people don't realize when you didn't have a major league team, we weren't big league in the world or we weren't big league in America. She was the youngest person and second ever woman to be elected to Los Angeles City Council in 1953. Following her death Thursday, Governor Gavin Newsom said Wyman's passion, perseverance, and leadership live on as an inspiring example to people everywhere. California Senator Dianne Feinstein praised Wyman for shaping JFK's 1960 Democratic National Convention. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called her a visionary leader. Should parents be worried about finding fentanyl in their children's Halloween candy this year? A sheriff in South Dakota who works with more than 3,200 law enforcement agencies across the country organizing anti-drug smuggling operations says parents should be cautious, but it's unlikely the drug would be in Halloween candy. Sheriff Mike Milstead said drug smugglers are using boxes of popular candy to get the drugs into the U.S. from Mexico, not to pass it out to trick-or-treaters. Officials recently seized more than 12,000 fentanyl pills in Los Angeles that were in sweet tarts, Skittles, or Whoppers boxes. Milstead said parents can be on the lookout for rainbow-colored fentanyl pills that are stamped with M30 on them, but adds he hasn't heard of the fentanyl being pressed into actual candy. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources from the BBC. The world faces probably the most dangerous decade since the end of World War II, Russian President Vladimir Putin has warned. In a wide-ranging speech on Thursday, he sought to justify Russia's invasion of Ukraine, a move that has left his country internationally isolated. Mr. Putin also accused the West of nuclear blackmail against Russia, to force allies to turn away from Moscow. The West has denounced recent veiled nuclear threats by the Kremlin. Earlier this week, the NATO military alliance condemned unsubstained claims by Russia that Ukraine might use a dirty bomb, conventional explosives laced with radioactive material. NATO Security General Jen Stoltenberg said alliance members reject this allegation, and Russia must not use it as pretext for escalation. 
President Putin was speaking to the annual Valde Forum after a series of recent military defeats in Ukraine and growing public anger at home over a drive to mobilize some 300,000 Russians for the war effort. We're at a historical frontier. Ahead is probably the most dangerous, unpredictable, and at the same time important decade since the end of World War II. The West was no more able to be in charge, but was desperately trying to do so. He said a future world order is being formed before our eyes and accused the West, led by the U.S., of trying to destroy Russia. No evidence was provided to back up his claims. And for our second story of the day, we're keeping it in Russia. A Russian court has rejected an appeal by U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner against her nine-year jail term for drug charges. The court near Moscow upheld the sentence with the state prosecutor calling it fair. The double Olympic winner apologized for her honest mistake in the appeal, hearing via video link saying that it had been very, very stressful. Griner, 32, was convicted in August of smuggling and possessing cannabis oil. It was not immediately clear whether all her legal routes had been exhausted. She's due to serve her sentence in a penal colony. The WNBA star's lawyer, Alexander Boykov, said his team hoped that a prisoner exchange would be possible. In August, the Kremlin raised the possibility of a prisoner swap between the U.S. and Russia involving the basketball player. Reports in U.S. media suggested imprisoned Russian arms trafficker Victor Bout, known as the Merchant of Death, could be transferred by Washington to the Russian authorities as part of the deal. Mr. Boykov said, No judge, hand on heart, will honestly say that Griner's nine-year sentence is in line with Russian criminal law. He added his legal team would be in talks with Griner as to whether she would want to pursue a further appeal. Ms. Griner's wife, Sherelle Griner, told the CBS Mornings program on Tuesday that Britney was a hostage of the Russian government. She says she does not know if the incarcerated American has anything left in her tank to continue to wake up every day and be in a place where she has no one. President Joe Biden has called for the Phoenix Mercury Center's release, said the U.S. is in constant contact with Russia to get her and other prisoners out. So far, we have not been meeting with much positive response, but we're not stopping, Mr. Biden said. Ned Price, a spokesman for the U.S. Department of State, said Secretary of State Anthony Blinken had discussed a proposal to Russia for the release of Greiner and Paul Weiland, a U.S. citizen and former Marine who was arrested in Moscow on spying allegations. We believe Russia should engage seriously and in good faith on this proposal, and we've continued to urge Moscow to do so, including in these recent days, Mr. Price said. The sports star spoke to the appeals court of three judges remotely from her detention center in a town near Moscow. I really hope that the court will adjust the sentence because it has been very stressful and very traumatic, she had told the court. People with more severe crimes have gotten less than what I was given, she added. And for our final story of the day, Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex, memoir will be published on January 10th. His publisher, Penguin Random House, has said the book by Prince Harry will be titled Spare, and will include his full account behind his decision to give up royal duties and move to the U.S. Random House said, as Diana, Princess of Wales, was laid to rest, billions wondered what the princes must be thinking and feeling, and how their lives would play out. For Harry, this is his story at last. Buckingham Palace said it would not comment on the book announcement. Some of the proceeds from the book go to charity. The publisher confirmed this was in the form of two donations, $1.5 million dollars, and $300,000 respectively to the charities Centibel and Wellchild. Centibel, co-funded by Prince Harry in 2006, helps children and adolescents in Lesotho and Botswana struggling to come to terms with their HIV status. Wellchild is a British charity that gives grants so young people with exceptional health needs can be cared for at home instead of in hospital. Spare the title of Prince Harry's memoir is presumably a nod to the phrase that monarchies need a hair and a spare. Prince William is the hair, and Prince Harry will tell his version of his life in that ambiguous territory of the spare. The younger royal sibling, unlikely to ever be on the throne, 
and therefore looking for their own sense of purpose. In its press release for the 38-year-old's memoir, Random House said, Spare takes readers immediately back to one of the most searing images of the 20th century. Two young boys, two princes, walked behind their mother's coffin as the world watched in sorrow and horror. And that was Connor Brown with another edition of the International News Report. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. The first and only Pennsylvania Senate debate was on Tuesday, only five months after Democratic candidate John Fetterman's stroke. Fetterman and his Republican opponent Mehmet Oz debated several issues that are important to voters this election season, such as abortion legislation and the economy. However, Fetterman's performance became the main headline post-debate, as well as comments from Mr. Oz that his critics have labeled as ableist. A Pennsylvania man is being sought in connection with the deadly shooting of a former NFL player outside of a Berks County bar. Last week, 32-year-old Antonio Dennard was shot in the parking lot of Legends Bar and Restaurant and later died in the hospital. Police named a 24-year-old suspect on Wednesday. An Amber Alert and arrest warrant were issued for a mother accused of abducting her own 6-year-old daughter on Tuesday in Downington. Police are searching for a gray 2016 Volkswagen with the license plate KXR3699 and claim that the child is at risk of harm or injury. Zoe Moss is 3 foot 4 inches, 50 pounds, with light brown hair and blue eyes. A New Jersey man who is charged with killing his co-worker in her home is facing new charges of conspiring with an inmate to commit a copycat crime to cause doubt about his guilt. 30-year-old former Lindenwald resident Kenneth Saul has been in the Middlesex County Jail for over three years since his charge of first-degree murder. New Jersey U.S. Senator Bob Menendez is admitting that there is a federal investigation into him once again. A Menendez spokesperson says the Democrat is aware that the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan is looking into him, but he is unsure the scope of the investigation. Back in 2015, Menendez was indicted on federal corruption charges related to allegations of accepting bribes from a Florida doctor in exchange for political favors. Menendez denied the allegations and the case ended in a mistrial. Police revealed that an armed hijacker is part of the reason why an MTA bus crashed into a utility pole in Queens earlier Thursday morning. Authorities say that a gunman walked up to the bus driver at 199th Street and Linden Boulevard before ordering him to open the doors and drive. The bus driver jumped out of the window near 232nd Street, causing the bus to hit a utility pole. The driver was treated for minor injuries and no passengers were on the bus at the time. A new Paltz man is under arrest for going into a woman's home in Kingston and threatening her with a loaded gun. Police say the suspect was taken into custody Tuesday and charged with felony forcible theft with a deadly weapon and criminal possession of a weapon, among other offenses. The 35-year-old is also accused of stealing from the woman who is an acquaintance of his and not allowing her to leave, as well as threatening her with the gun earlier that day. Police say that the suspect was previously convicted of at least one felony, which prohibits him from possessing guns. He is being held in Ulster County Jail without bail. Police are looking for a suspect in an attempted rape in Queens. This happened around 2 a.m. Sunday in Flushing near 147th Street and Roosevelt Avenue. Police say a man pushed a woman to the ground and started to try and remove her clothing before a good Samaritan walking by intervened. The suspect then took off. New York City has its first-ever female fire commissioner. Mayor Eric Adams announced Thursday that acting fire commissioner Laura Cavanaugh will get the role permanently. Westchester County is making sure that sex offenders are off the streets while children are trick-or-treating this Halloween. 
The district attorney says more than 80 registered and non-registered sex offenders are required to attend an education program from 5 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. on Halloween night. County officials want parents to know that their kids will be safe and protected while they trick-or-treat. While the program is going on, Westchester County probation officers will be out in the county tracking down offenders who failed to show up. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Dante DiValeria with your Rowan News. This week, Rowan University officials, design and construction partners, and special guests join the College of Performing Arts community to celebrate the opening of a new dance studio in Wilson Hall with a ceremonial ribbon cutting. The new addition centralizes the dance program in the College of Performing Arts main academic building for the first time in the program's 53-year history. From its inception, Rowan hosted its dance students and faculty in Memorial Hall across campus in a renovated dining hall at the then Glassboro State College. The program's milestone celebration continues through the weekend as the college hosts the inaugural Rowan Dance Festival, a three-day program of master classes and receptions to celebrate the past, present, and future of dance at Rowan. The gala performance on Saturday, October 29th will feature performances from alumni-affiliated studios, Rowan's dance extensions, as well as a special performance from the legendary Urban Bush Women, culminating in a dance party for all guests. U.S. News and World Report this week ranked Rowan University among the best colleges and universities worldwide. The news magazine, in its 2022-2023 Best Global Universities ranking, evaluated 2,000 colleges and universities on academic research and reputation in a study that, its editor said, was designed to help students from around the world more easily rate schools that they seek to apply to. The October 25th study ranked Rowan number 1,668 overall based on a tally of 13 categories, including global research reputation, regional research reputation, publications, books published, and percentage of publications cited by other researchers. It also ranked Rowan number 991 for clinical medicine. Rowan was one of 280 American colleges and universities in the global study, which also included 338 schools from China, 105 from Japan, 92 from the United Kingdom, and 81 from India. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Beginning in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers' fire sale continued with a late-night trade last Thursday. The Panthers dealt the team's former 8th overall selection in the 2017 draft, Pro Bowl running back Christian McCaffrey. In this deal, McCaffrey was sent west to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for the 49ers' 2023 second, third, and fourth round picks, along with an additional fifth round pick in 2024. In this exchange, the Panthers reload their draft stock for the next two years, while the 49ers become a serious threat to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC. If the 49ers offense can stay healthy, expect a deep playoff run yet again for the Bay Area. 
From one NFL trade to another, the New York Giants traded former first-round pick wide receiver Kadarius Toney Thursday afternoon. Tony, selected 20th overall in the 2021 NFL Draft by the Giants, was traded for a conditional third-round pick in 2023 and a sixth-round pick in 2023 as well from the Kansas City Chiefs. Tony joins a receiving core of Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and now, of course, Kadarius Tony in Kansas City. Checking back in on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, they are coming off their Week 7 bye set for a home matchup with the cross-state rival Pittsburgh Steelers. Ahead of the NFL trade deadline, the Eagles acquired Bears veteran defensive end Robert Quinn. Quinn, a three-time Pro Bowler, finished with 18.5 sacks in Chicago last season, but has started off slow this year due to double-team coverage, tallying just one sack through six games so far. The Battle of Pennsylvania may be a bit one-sided this time around, with the Eagles rolling at 6-0, while the Steelers are testing the waters with the 20th overall selection in this year's draft rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett. Former starter Mitch Trubisky laid the foundation for a 2-5 start in Pittsburgh as they look to upset the undefeated Birds in Philadelphia. Switching from the NFL to the MLB, the stage has been set for the 2022 Fall Classic. In the ALCS between the Yankees and Astros, the Astros swept New York in four games, advancing to their fourth World Series appearance in the past six years. With likely AL MVP Aaron Judge on the market as a free agent following their ALCS loss, New York has a lot of key decisions to make if they want to continue contend in the AL next season. In the NLCS matchup between the Phillies and Padres, Philadelphia fought hard against the San Diego Padres, earning a series-clinching victory at home in Game 5 of the series. The city of Philadelphia went absolutely crazy as the Phillies clinched their first World Series appearance since losing to the New York Yankees 13 years ago in 2009. The first pitch of all seven possible games will be at 8.03 Eastern Standard Time for the World Series as Justin Verlander and Aaron Nola faced off for Game 1 in Houston. Ahead of Game 1 in Houston, the Astros are favored in the 2022 Fall Classic with betting odds of minus 120 to the Phillies plus 165 to win the World Series. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from the professional sports world. Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Gas prices continue to fall fast. AAA reports Oregon's average declined 24 cents over the last week to 5.05 a gallon. It's the third largest decline in the nation. Prices in Alaska fell 36 cents, and in California, they dropped 29 cents. Oregon is one of the five states with prices still above $5 a gallon. Lower crude oil prices and fewer drivers filling up are keeping prices down now that refineries have completed their fall maintenance. Digital natives are not immune to online hackers. That's according to a new survey out by the cybersecurity startup Social Catfish, as well as data from the FBI's Internet Crime Report. It found that individuals under the age of 20 lost over $100 million to online scams last year. That's an increase from just over $8 million in 2017, making the change a staggering 1,100% increase in just four years. Part of the increase can be blamed on the pandemic where online scams surged for all age groups. However, those over 60 are still losing the most money with nearly $2 billion stolen in 2021. Amazon is ready to add thousands of workers to the payroll this week. The retail giant plans to hire 150,000 employees to fill full-time, part-time, and seasonal jobs. 
The company will hire for all backgrounds and experience levels in positions ranging from packing and picking to sorting and shipping. Amazon says workers can earn an average pay of more than $19 an hour based on the position and location. Amazon hosted a warehouse hiring day on Wednesday at locations across the country. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Actor and comedian Leslie Jordan is dead. TMZ reports he appeared to suffer a medical emergency before crashing his BMW into the side of a building in Hollywood, California, Tuesday morning. TMZ reports he was experiencing health issues in the weeks leading up to his death and had scheduled an appointment with a cardiologist. Law enforcement believe he suffered a heart attack before crashing his car. His unexpected passing prompted a flood of tributes from those he worked with in the entertainment industry, including country music star Dolly Parton. It appears Kanye West is trying to find another company to take on his Yeezy shoes. The disgraced singer showed up uninvited to Skechers headquarters on Wednesday morning and was quickly escorted from the building. This comes a day after Adidas cut ties with Kanye over his recent anti-Semitic comments. Skechers, which was founded and is run by a Jewish family, released a statement saying Kanye arrived unannounced and the company has no intention of working with him. Steve Lacey isn't apologizing for destroying a fan's camera and abruptly ending a recent show in New Orleans. The singer-songwriter was performing his breakout single, Bad Habit, when he stopped to tell the audience not to throw things at him. A few seconds later, he smashed a disposable camera on the floor and walked off stage. Lacey later took to social media to address the incident, saying he doesn't owe anyone an apology but could have reacted better. He wrote, I'm a real person with real feelings and real reactions. I'm not a product or a robot, I am human. Beyonce is planning a new tour in support of her latest album, Act One Renaissance. During the wearable art gala on Saturday night, an attendee snapped a photo of an auction item, offering the opportunity to attend the Renaissance tour, indicating Beyonce will be hitting the road in summer 2023. The auction item was package valued at $20,000. No formal tour announcement has been made, but Beyonce's website now prompts visitors to sign up for updates regarding Renaissance. Taylor Swift's new album Midnight's is already a hit, becoming the top-selling album of the year with just one day of sales. Swift stopped by The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon on Monday night for a chat and hinted at possible concerts to come. Fallon went on to nudge her when it might happen and Swift said, When it's time, we'll do it. Despite nothing definitive, the 32-year-old admits she misses performing live and seeing reactions from fans. Selena Gomez is confirming that she's come down with a case of COVID-19. The news comes just a day after Gomez shared she will have a new song out November 3rd to coincide with the release of her Apple TV Plus documentary, My Mind and Me. Ed Sheeran is filming a tell-all documentary about his life. The Shivers hitmaker revealed the news to The Sun, saying he'll continue filming the currently untitled project during his mathematics tour. There's no word yet on when the film may be released. Sheeran also dropped some hints about his forthcoming album, saying now is the time to explore doing stuff and taking risks with his music. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.